Welcome to On Call with Dr. Anselm Anyoa. In this podcast, learn about the social, emotional, and physical health of children and their journey from birth through preschool and beyond. Find compassionate answers to issues parents and children face and that pediatricians encounter every day. Discussions in this podcast are not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. Parents and caregivers, talk with your children's pediatricians or doctors about topics and perspectives presented here. You are on call with Dr. Anselm Anyoha. Today we'll be talking about how to make the most of your child's pediatrician visit, how to navigate the front desk staff, how to clarify a diagnosis, What if you have questions about the treatment or the doctor's recommendations? We'll be discussing all of those things and much more in this episode. Dr. Anyoha, welcome today. Thank you, Paula. As a pediatrician who's been in the practice for over 30 years, I have a lot of experience to help parents and caregivers navigate pediatric offices. If you have a baby or a toddler or a child, you're going to be dealing with the pediatricians for a long time. In fact, sometimes from newborn to college. There are two main reasons why parents bring their children to the pediatrician. Number one is if they are sick. Sick means throwing off fever, headaches, rash, and so on. So that's one major reason. Another major reason is if they're coming for annual school physicals or camp physicals or vaccines. So these are two broad categories, why patients uh, come to the pediatric offices and why parents bring their children to pediatric offices. Let's start with the most urgent one. If a child is sick or a baby or a toddler is sick, the parent is going to pick up the phone, they're going to call the pediatrician's office, and then what happens? That is where the problem starts. Parents calling the offices, the pediatric offices, or any office for that matter, and getting the appointment required to come in and see the pediatrician. It's not always easy to navigate the front desk, either because the office is booked up or there is staff who doesn't want a lot of patients to come in that particular day, or because the doctor is not available. A whole bunch of things could conspire to prevent a child from accessing his or her own pediatrician in a timely fashion. The first thing is navigating that front desk is very important. What I tell parents to do is to call right away when their child is sick. Don't wait until 1 p.m. in the afternoon or five minutes before office uh, is closed to call. The earlier you call, you wake up in the morning, your child is having fever, call. If you don't get anybody, drop a message and follow up with another call when the office opens. So that is the first start call and try to get your child in as soon as possible. Let's say the office isn't open and a parent calls, they leave a message. What happens if they can't get through and they keep going into voicemail? And then if they do get through, but they can't get an appointment, how should they handle those two situations? First of all, there are different types of offices. There's a general clinic where patients or kids are assigned to different doctors. And there is a solo practitioner, like myself, I'm a solo practitioner. In other words, I'm the only doctor there. Anybody who's calling, any parent who's calling, is calling specifically for their child to see Dr. Anyoha. 
those are two different setup in a pediatric office. If you call me an office that has multiple doctors, multiple sections, your call will easily be lost in the mix of all the transfers. One of the important things for parents to do is to find a doctor who knows their child by name, who they can relate with, and who can accommodate their child at any time they're sick. And that starts from building a relationship. The relationship can begin as early as when a baby is born. That doctor has seen your baby probably in the hospital and that's one week old and two weeks old and follow that child over the years. It's easy for you to relate to that doctor, that pediatrician, compared to an office who doesn't know your child or your son or your daughter. So that is the first thing to have a doctor who you trust, who could relate with the family and know them personally. You said that you have a private practice. So if someone has a sick child and they call, do you have all of your appointments already filled for the day or are there certain appointments for people who call with urgent needs to come and see you? My principle is to get every child who is sick to my office the same day, which is very important because pediatric illnesses are very easy to diagnose and treat. I've been practicing for 30 years. I could make a diagnosis in two, three minutes, but the front desk, sometimes they're limiting access with their doctors. It doesn't take more than two or three minutes for that mother to come in and the child to be checked out and the parents to go home and have a peace of mind. Instead of going to the emergency room where they stay for four hours, three hours, for less than what the doctor could offer the same day. I encourage parents to make an appointment, but then you can't determine when your child is going to be sick. You can wake up in the morning and your child is vomiting. You don't have to wait for next day or next two days to be seen. Are there ever instances that a front desk staff would advise parents, well, we just don't have any appointments today. You should go to urgent care. Yes, it happens all the time, but that's not from the directive of the doctors. Sometimes after hours when I pick up calls and my parents are saying, Dr. Inyoha, I called your office and I said there was no appointment. So sometimes there's a miscommunication between the front desk and the physicians as to their capacity to see patients. Specifically for kids, they should be seen the same day because most of the illnesses are easy to diagnose and treat and manage. Within minutes, you have reassured the parents or given some treatment and advice and everybody's happy. What happens in a practice where there are many doctors and maybe the front desk staff will say, oh, doctor, so-and-so isn't available, but you can see this doctor. He has an appointment today. What should parents do in that case? The parents should take it. They should take that if their child's doctor is not available at that particular time, an hour, most pediatricians will do broadly the same management. Then on follow-up, they can see their own child's doctor, but you should see any doctor who's available to review and treat your kid at any particular time. Before we actually get into the office, there's another situation where it's after hours and the child might be very sick or throwing up and the parent's very concerned or very high fever overnight. When a parent calls the pediatrician's office, will there always be someone on call to answer their call? It's set up differently in different practices. For example, in solo practitioners, 
like myself, for example, I'm kind of one of these old physicians who believe in answering my calls. In fact, when parents call and answer this doctor in your heart, that is the essence of being a physician to relate and treat people. You don't have to distance yourself from your patients. In fact, it's becoming increasingly noticeable that nobody can reach their doctors. We have to go through intermediaries and a lot of barriers to reach a doctor. I know that because I've been on the other side as a patient too. I know how long it took me to reach a doctor to be seen. And the, the doctor later called me and said that Dr. Nyoha, I don't even know that you were looking for me. It must be hard, though, for the front desk to manage all of the calls and all of the patients. They must get more patients calling in than the doctor can possibly see all day. Don't see any reason a, a pediatric child cannot be seen the same day. Even if it means for the parents to wait extra 30 minutes in the office, that's better than going to the emergency room and waiting for four hours. The ER doctors will see you for five minutes and then tell you to see a doctor the next day. So I think as many kids as possible should try to see their own physicians who knows them very well, who could manage their illnesses better. Parents don't give up. Call and make an appointment and go in. Tell us about walk-ins. You had mentioned something earlier about a parent will be in a situation where they might just walk into the office yes. in some situations. My advice to parents is if you've had a relationship with your pediatrician, I cannot get your child to be seen that day and your child is sick. Please come in with your child. <laughs> Put your name down and stay in the office and ask them that you want to see Dr. XYZ because your child is sick. No pediatrician will send that child away. They will see him. I'm sure parents are very happy and reassured to hear these words from yes. an experienced pediatrician and you give them reassurance. Yes. Let's say they make an appointment and once they get into the office, how do they build a good relationship with the pediatrician? What are some of the things they can expect from the appointment? What are some of the things they can ask you that will help? Let us know what's the best way to make the most out of this appointment. One thing the parents should do is call uh, as soon as you notice that your child is sick, call right away and try to get an appointment. When you get in, be, you have to be real and pleasant to the front desk staff. A little bit of, of kindness goes a long way. You have to be kind and pleasant, not screaming at everybody <laughs> for all the things that's happening in your life, which could be many things. Your child is sick is an additional burden for parents to get upset. But try to be pleasant. There are so many other things that could make your child's experience be very memorable. My favorite one is after a child has seen a pediatrician, is to ask clarifying questions. Let's say all you get from a pediatrician is the child has a fever. You could try to clarify that and ask, Doc, where is the fever coming from? And see if the doctor knows and have a dialogue with that doctor. If the doctors give you multiple medications, you have to clarify what is this medicine for? How long should my child take that? And when should he or she stop? So you have to clarify those medications and what they do and how long your child should take that. You might not remember everything. When you call back, say, hey, I forgot. Can you tell Dr. XYZ to clarify certain medications and the durations. So that's within the privileges of being a patient. When you bring a child to an appointment, how important is it for your child to be able to communicate with the physician and be part of the conversation? 
I think that's huge. Some parents have this tendency of not allowing their child to say anything or don't allow them to contribute. But it's always good to hear from the kid's voice, from their mind, what's going on with them. Not necessarily to help you make a diagnosis, but for you to have the general feeling of what's going on. Even a toddler can answer certain questions. <laughs> Even if they don't answer, their facial expression, their composure will help the uh, pediatrician make up, their, make up his or her mind of what's going on. So as much as possible, the parents should allow the, their kids to answer certain questions. For example, pain, for example, right? A, a child can indicate where they're feeling pain, either in the chest, at the back, at, on the head. So there are things children can contribute to. And the children can tell you what is their most important issue. What is bothering them the most? That their tummy is hurting? Or is it that their head is hurting? Or is it that they can't eat? What is bothering them the most? These are some of the questions that the kid can answer themselves. I think that sounds good. What happens if a parent doesn't agree with what the physician has said or the diagnosis? Do you ever run across that? It's, it's always good to offer your own impression to a physician. If you don't agree with a physician's point of view, it's always good to express that and offer your own opinion. And the physicians can accept that. We're used to people challenging us, right? It's part of going through medical school, residency. We debate one another. It's not a big deal for a parent to raise objections as to what is causing her child's problem. That actually is good because sometimes I, as a physician, have changed my mind based on a parent having a point of view, which I didn't know before. So it's always good for parents to bring their own insight into making a diagnosis. It's a collaborative effort between the physician and the parents. What are some of the things that you don't want parents to do? The most egregious things would be to hang up for a doctor or staff. Just because they're not saying what you like, that is not a good thing to do because, to be honest with you, most calls people make, they have their names on it. So it's not a good thing to hang phone on anybody, to be honest with you, but definitely not to your child's pediatrician or the staff of, the, of your child's pediatrician because you're going to need them next week, <laughs> next month. When is it the right time to be an advocate for your kid? I know parents come into appointments and they're rushed and then they're coming in and they're thankful that they're finally there. They might forget what they wanted to say. They're thinking of it in advance. How can a parent be the best advocate for their child when they're in the appointment? I think it's very important to advocate for a child, especially if a child is coming once a year. Sometimes parents have to remind the doctors this is Jane who has asthma and who is using XYZ medicines. The doctors are supposed to read up on the child's past medical history before they see them, but sometimes they don't. It's left for their parents to present it to the doctor, to remind the doctor about the conditions they have. That will help with very accurate and timely management. Don't think that the doctors know everything about you. This is one tip that uh, I think I think every parent should know. 
coming for a routine visit, like returning back to school, I tell parents to make an appointment three months in advance. So they're not coming two days before school opens or a day before school opens, everybody's in the doctor's office and it's a mad rush. So making appointments way in advance is very important. And the same thing with camp. When a camp is two, three months away, parents should call and make an appointment for camps. We didn't talk about what happens if you need to change your pediatrician. There might be some situations where a parent will say, I need to find a new pediatrician. How do you advise them? Finding a new pediatrician should be the last resort, especially if the pediatrician has been with that child since birth. And this kid is three, four, five in middle school and high school. Over the years, the, the kid has have some affection for this pediatrician, the parents, the family, everybody. is a relationship now. And then you, you reestablishing a new relationship. Whatever problem a parent have with their kid's doctor, they should try and resolve that. It could be something like the referral was not sent. The doctor probably forgot to send the referral or the medication was not sent. <laughs> it was stuck in the computer. That could be resolved very amicably and everybody's happy. It could happen anywhere you go from one doctor to another doctor. The right thing is to resolve that, be open and address that problem. But parents, of course, have the right to change their pediatrician anytime, especially if they can't get an appointment. When the child is sick, there's no point keeping a, a doctor when you can't get an appointment when you're sick. You can't get an appointment the same day. You cannot get an appointment the next day. There are kids who are sick for days and they can't get an appointment. That's a very good reason to change the pediatrician. If we find a very good pediatrician, a relationship, we should nurture it and maintain it. I think it's very important for the kid. It's very important for the parents. It's very important for the doctor. You want to see this kid grow up to be a kind, mature person who can become a successful member of the society. So pediatrician is a very important part of children. And in fact, I still remember my pediatrician when I was a kid. <laughs> my mother used to take me and I have good memories of my pediatrician, good memories of the kind of person he was. I don't have good memories of all the shots I have because the shots can be traumatic. Parents have to prepare the kids for vaccines when a kid is getting a vaccine. For babies, sometimes get a Tylenol ready so that you can give the baby some Tylenol after the shot right in the office and pacify it to soothe the baby. And of course, bottles. And for toddlers, bringing iPads to sing to, for the kids to play while the shots going on is distracting and helpful and bringing people that has impact on the child's life like grandmothers aren't a great support system for vaccines preparation for shot is goes a long way because shot is traumatic to some kids and they need all the support they can get uh, when they're getting vaccines i really enjoyed this topic <laughs> and i think it's really important for parents to feel like this is going to be a positive relationship that they can build and your memories of your pediatrician, I don't know if that influenced you to become a physician yourself. Yeah, it does. Some kids were like, hey, doctor, I, I want to be a pediatrician too. So it does. You know, pediatricians have a lot of influence on kids. Thanks for joining us for this episode. To answer questions you may have in a future podcast, write to Dr. Anyoha on his website at modernerapediatrics.com. 
Listen to On Call with Dr. Anyoha wherever you find your podcast.